Beyond the Ball, fueling your faith and family through sport. Welcome to the Beyond the Ball podcast with Coach Eric Klump and Coach Justin Gersten. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Ball with Coach Eric Klump and Coach Justin Gerstung. I'm Coach Justin Gerstung and we are super excited that you are still around for the next episode of this. Uh, we just got word as we're taping today that Eric, our podcast trailer officially dropped today, so hopefully people are starting to check us out. Exciting news. Yeah, very exciting news. Uh, absolutely a great way for us to start our summers, I think. Um, so to get into this our next episode, let's start the week as we always do with some celebrations. Any celebrations coming from you this end, there this week? Yeah, Coach. You know, I was thinking. You know, we're, we're, we live. We both live in New York, and uh, you know, some some counties in New York are still in phase three. Some are in phase four. Some are in phase four, but can't do certain things. And we just have a lot of questions about when we can get back to normalcy. But throughout the week, I was just thinking about the individuals that uh, took care took care of us during this whole time. You know, you're talking about high school kids that, you know, would be doing their schoolwork during the day and then be working the drive-through areas for individuals to get food. You know, we have um, a coffee shop called Tim Hortons in our area. And anytime you pass the Tim Hortons, there's lines halfway down the road. And I'm just thinking, you know, these individuals are in contact with people day in, constantly. And, you know, I was just thinking about celebrating them f for being there for us not only them but like those the delivery individuals each and every day people can't come out of their houses they're working overtime yeah. they, they just did their thing man so shout out to those individuals giving it up for everybody else serving everybody else because that's what this show is all about what about you coach yeah, absolutely. Uh, that Tim Hortons line is a perfect transition to my celebration this week. My wife couldn't go without Tim Hortons for more than a couple of days if she had to. So I am totally in celebration mode of my wife. Um, last Sunday was Father's Day, and my family owns a place in the Adirondack Mountains uh, in upstate New York. And so we escaped for a couple of days when the schedule really didn't allow for it. And so my celebration this week is for my, to my wife, Rochelle. Uh, she kind of bit the bullet for me so that we could go up and enjoy a long weekend with the family, just relaxing in the woods. We got out on the boat and did some tubing. Uh, and uh. interestingly, interestingly enough, had a face to face with a black bear. So we're hoping oh, that, that, that uh, isn't necessarily something that continues, but uh, celebrating my wife this week for just being able to give our family some quality time together. Oh, nice, Coach. Tell us about the black bear. So the black bear, really, real quickly, um, up in the Adirondacks, you know, you're not supposed to feed the animals because, you know, there's deer and bear everywhere. And so we ended up having got the grill out um, the one night and had some burgers and we grilled some fish. Um, and so to when we were eating dinner, we took everything inside and was eating dinner. And my wife decided to take the dog out to go to the bathroom or whatnot and came walking around the corner uh, of the house. And 15 feet away is this black bear uh, that just is, was sniffing around the grill. 
And I should know better to put that away, obviously. Um, But the bear is just standing right there, 15 feet away. Fight or flight right now, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Fight or flight. (laughs) Absolutely. And she she definitely flew. Uh, She was back in the house within 30 seconds. The bear wasn't really a threat. He just kind of moseyed on. He was looking for something to eat, but uh, definitely freaked her out a little bit. Um, It was pretty cool. We got some pictures, but... Not something we want to do regularly, that's for sure. Nature is real, my friend. Nature is real. Yeah, absolutely. It's just a great time up there. Hey, you got a, you got a scripture verse for us this week? Absolutely. This one has been on my heart actually for a long time, and I came across it reading um, Tony Dungy's book um, this week, Uncommon. And for those listeners that, that are out there, if you haven't read this book, this book is amazing. It gives you a piece of scripture Tony gives you a piece of scripture uh, for each and every day of the year, and then he ties it into life and how we can really just perceive life and the benefits that we have with such gratitude. So it's out of Isaiah 40, uh, verse 29 through 31. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall exhausted. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on the wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. And just digesting that a little bit, I was just thinking about there's been so much negativity surrounding 2020. It's been, it's been a tough one. It's been a constant uphill, uphill climb for many of us, and we, we just feel like it's never going to end. And man, oh man, can it drain us physically, mentally, and emotionally. And, you know, I just think about the relief in what he's saying there, that youth and young men will grow tired. It's part of human condition. But what a rejuvenating message to know that all we have to do is look to the Lord for the rest that he will provide us and the newfound strength that we need in all of our adventures. So, you know, we've got a whole six months left of 2020, and I hope it's a lot better. But, you know, we look back, we just got to gotta trust in the Lord and the path that he has set for us and rest easy. Yeah, I think that I love that verse. Um, I think for me and for my family, you know, it's been a really challenging time being at home with two teachers and four kids. We've been on top of each other, you know, this entire time. And it can get stressful when you're not in your normal routine. And I I love that verse because it just talks about giving strength to the powerless, the idea that if you just take a deep breath, everything is happening the way you know, Jesus plans for it to happen. And if you just be patient and be appreciative and make the best of your situation. um, Yeah, man, I think it's all about the approach you take to life. And that, that verse really, really definitely does it for me. So I love it. I love it. So what is that and how does that maybe connect to our guest today? Our guest today is going to be wide receivers coach Jordan, Jordan Hogan, excuse me, from Cornell, and he's he's kind of a guy that you have a close relationship. So, yes, why don't sir. you give us a little insight into him? So, Coach Coach Jordan Hogan, uh, I'm very very proud of this young man. Um, like I'll 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 remind him. My first episode seeing him was uh, him jogging around the football field as a freshman, being you know just a hair over five foot tall and barely weighing a hundred pounds, and his football pads were all the way down to his shins and. 
just to see the conviction and hear the conviction from him as he was training. And he's such a hardworking young man with goals, um, you know, and he's set out on those goals and has just been chasing them ever since, um, since his like sophomore year of, of high school where he said, I'm going to become the best athlete I can become, especially in football. And, you know, we've had some basketball coaches on in the last couple episodes. So I'm super excited to hear about Coach Hogan's journey because he's such a man of faith and, um, to, to see what he's had to do and, and how he's grinded to get where he is. It's such a powerful story. Appreciate you tuning in for this episode of Beyond the Ball. Be sure to check out these other great pods from the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Thrive with Trevor Huffman, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Cavalier Central, and our flagship, the Hoopheads Podcast. Our special guest tonight is wide receivers coach at the University of Cornell, Jordan Hogan. Uh, coach Klump, you want to give us a brief intro on Coach Hogan? Absolutely. I would love to. I'm very humbled. And it's like a proud dad moment for me as one of my former um, athletes to see him grow up and um, start out at Brockport University where he became a All-American. And then he went off to a little local Division three school in the area. Buff State did a tremendous job there and has also worked several different training camps with professional sports teams like the Indianapolis Colts, Baltimore Ravens, and I, I believe our, even our hometown Buffalo Bills. So having Coach Hogan on is such an honor because, you know, seeing him grow up and having him verbally tell me what his goals were, and then watching him and keeping tabs on him. I'm so humbled and happy to have him on. Coach, how you doing? Oh, I'm well. I'm blessed and highly favored. I appreciate um, you both having me on. Um, obviously, anytime I can, you know, get on and, you know, talk about my, um, my I guess, my track to how I've gotten to where I, I am right now and being able to shed some light on, at least, you know, in the football coaching industry is so something I love doing. And, um, obviously just anytime I can be a positive light to someone, you know, and, and offer and give them some advice. Um, that's what I, I love doing. Um, so obviously we have a, as coaches right now, we have plenty, uh, we have plenty of free time right now. I mean, obviously with the quarantine going on and I know some States are kind of lifting bands and things like that. I know, you know, right now the NCAA just, um, you know, put out, we're going to be, uh, in a dead period until the end of August. So right now it's a ton of zoom calls and basically just staying on Twitter. Uh, that's kind of how I'm keeping myself busy right now. Awesome. So um, one of our traditional activities, we call it the three H's. Coach Hogan, we are going to ask you to give us a hero of yours, a hardship that you went through, and a highlight. So what do we got? You, uh, you good for me to go? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're not right. ready. So I'm going to start with um, hero. Um, so um, just a little bit about myself. I'm pretty sure Coach you know, Clump, you probably did a uh, really good job of just explaining where I've been. Um, as far as you know, coaching wise and football wise, I mean, you know, four four seasons at Buffalo State. Then I had a quick stop stop at Stonehill College, Division Two, just outside of Boston. Um, then for the last three years, I've been at uh, here here at Cornell University, obviously lo- located in Ithaca, New York. Um, so this is going to be my eighth year um, coming up as far as coaching, uh, which is you know I, I can't believe this is going to be my eighth year. Um, I would have never thought I would still be coaching, um, you know, right now. Um, but I wanted to say all that because I have been around 
a ton of really good uh, football coaches, receiver coaches, you know, and, you know, and I, I know coach, you know, you've already, you know, kind of highlighted the, the, the NFL stops I've had. Um, and even though I've been around some really, you know, you know, hall, not, I'm not going to say Hall of Fame, but some big time names that, you know, whether it's Rex Ryan or Greg Roman, who's now with the Baltimore Ravens and then some other big time uh, coaches within the league. My hero, um, without a doubt, um, starts um, at home. Um, and obviously she is back in Lockport and obviously I'm doing this interview, um, here in Ithaca. My hero is definitely my mom. Um, 100% because, I mean, to this day, I've been associated with football for roughly like 16 years now. So again, eight years coaching, four years of college and four years of high school ball. I can honestly say, and this is not a shot at my mom, but my mom doesn't know anything about sports. Like she couldn't tell you the difference between a first down, uh, a touchdown, a three point, like th- uh, she doesn't know anything. And I, I grew up playing soccer, did basketball, ran track and obviously football. I mean, she would come to my games, but I mean, she, she didn't know. I mean, she knew what number I was wearing, but she didn't know if she was cheering for the, for the visitor, for the, for the home. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I, she I, never I, missed yeah. the game, man. She, no, she was there for all my Broadport games, and she was there for the, for the, for the high school uh, football games. Um, and I say that because even though she can't really um, relate to me from a you know, physical standpoint, you know, being able to give me tips and, and pointers and how to perfect my game, the one area where she has always been there for me is definitely um, in the spiritual realm and always speaking life. Um, into me um, definitely early on when I was at Buff State you know wasn't making a ton of money and any coach out there doesn't matter if you're coaching um, soccer lacrosse football whatever the case is you know your first couple of years I mean you're 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 hoping you, you get a couple pennies you know to pay the tolls yeah you know? it, it's 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 rough and you know my first two to three years at Buff State man um, I was living at home and you know I would you know see some of my buddies that were getting these full-time jobs and, you know, making some really good money. And and I would go go to my mom, like, mom, when is my time going to come? And she would always have a verse. So uh, Coach Clump, I know you know. Um, for, those, for those of you out, out there that don't know, um, I grew up um, in the church. I still am in the church. So all my beliefs and all my morals come from come from the Bible. And it seems like every time um, I, I would go to my mom with maybe, maybe not a complaint or just, you know, not really being thankful, she would always have a verse ready for me to go. Um mm. And, you know, a couple awesome. of verses that she would always, you know, talk about is Proverbs, you know, 3, uh, 5, and 6. Just trusting in the Lord with all your heart, lean, leaning on him with all our understanding, and knowledge him in all your ways, and he will direct your path. And that verse has stuck with me um, to this day. Um, and she's just always been just speaking um, life into me, you know, in, in, in definitely into my dreams. I mean, um, I still have aspirations. I'll continue to hopefully climb the ladder here, you know, whether that's maybe getting to a Power 5, you know, opportunity, or and then obviously getting into the NFL uh, she has never once uh, doubted my ambitions, doubted my um, my intentions. She has always been there, and I I owe her so much. Um, she she drove me. She has driven me to so many camps. Um, and back then, that was when camps were like two and three day long. Well, long I, the camp that always comes to mind is the Syracuse football camp that I would go to. Um, and looking back at, it, I mean, those camps were like three hundred seventy five to like five hundred bucks, depending on if you overnight or you just went one day or two days. Yeah, and yeah. My mom, um, you know, she showed a lot of money whether it was just for camps or for all the gloves I would ask her to buy, <laughs> um, you know, the cleats and all that stuff. Like, I, just now that I'm getting, I'm about to be a parent, I'm like, God, Lee, man, like, I don't know why my mom did all that stuff, but I, I really do. Um, I love her to death, and, you know, um, she's, the, she's the reason why I am where I am and the person um, and you know, why I came out the way I, I am right now, and I owe her so much. 
Yeah. Hey, for, for so first of all, you just mentioned you're going to be a parent. Congratulations to you. That's awesome. Yes. Yes. My wife um, and I were, we're we're pumped about it. We got a baby girl on the way. She's going to be a fall baby. Um, definitely going to be in the middle of the football year. So my wife is definitely not going to. Uh, she's going to hate me for that. But uh, uh, I'll definitely try to be around as much as I can. But you know, we're pumped. Um, my wife is off. It's, it's a coach too. She coaches lacrosse. So. Uh, we're pretty pumped to to hopefully bring up a, a little athlete in the family. So, oh yeah, I'm awesome sure, Coach. I, hey, I love I love your hero being your mom. It's amazing, and that's what this Beyond the Ball podcast is all about, yeah, for us, Coach. Like we're just talking about how coaches find balance and with their family and showing appreciation. And I think you know we go back a little ways, you and Coach Clump for sure. But being a an opposing or a rival coach of yours, yeah. uh, I think that's accurate, man. I know Coach Clump has you know a really solid mom and dad home life that he grew up with I do as well and I think anytime a coach can kind of have that as their as their grounding point mm. along with their faith it's, yeah. it's so important and I think coaches that have that um, not that other coaches maybe don't have as much to give but just that foundation is so crucial I think it's such a great such a great example and oh, thank you definitely I mean I, I'm pretty sure we're gonna get into it a little bit later with my NFL you no know, um, you know, stops and just being here in the Ivy League. I mean, I mean, the, the people that walk across this campus, um, whether they're alumni or whether they're just here for a tour, just like there's a lot of influential in, influential people that come across that walk on this campus. And, you know, again, like I come into contact with some pretty, you know, you know, I don't want to call them famous, but you no know, people that are, are definitely known throughout the uh, the pop culture and just, you know, Again, my mom is just someone who um, I, I owe her a lot. I wish, you know, growing up, definitely during my college years, you know, I was, I probably could have been, you know, a little bit more um, <laughs> uh, forgiving to my mom. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, you know, as a, as a young man, you, you kind of are, not, I'm not going to say all guys are the same, but we're kind of quick with our mom as far as Andrews. And um, I wish I was a little bit more um, open with my mom, but definitely now over the last two to three years, I've, I've not, not going to say I turned over a, a new leaf, but I've, you know, Make sure my mom um, knows how grateful I am for all the hard work and all the hardships I didn't put her through, but just everything she sacrificed for me. And you know, I'm, I'm hoping you know in the next you know few years I can really you know I, I know she's proud of me, but hopefully in the next few years I can really just you know blow her socks off with just you know everything that I'm going to be able to do for her and for the family. Well, coach, I can tell you as a as a dad of four, you giving her a grandchild is going to be yeah. like oh, yeah. yeah, she's she's you're in her good graces forever. I can tell you that right now. So. That's so good. What about a coach? What about a hardship you've you've been through that you've battled through? Anything come to mind? Yeah. Um. Uh. So I'm definitely gonna go my first uh first like coaching stint. So again, I've only been at three stops. Well, I would say two and a half because when I was at Stonehill, the Division Two team in Boston, I was only there for like five months. Um. Definitely. Um. The Buff State stop was the biggest. Was like probably my hardship because I was there for four years. My first two years, I was fine. Like we were winning. For, I mean, all four years when I was there, we had great talent, great coaching staff. Um, uh, we were, you know, things things were on the uh, were on the uprise. New facilities, all was well. And so the first two years we were doing good, and even like the last two years, I was fine. But it was just like, you know, at the end of the day, you're, I, so my, I'll explain it. My first year, I made a thousand bucks, right? Then my second year, I got bumped up to uh, restricted earnings. Um, so restricted earnings, you know, I, I know you coaches know what it is, but for anyone that's listening out, the restricted earnings is basically uh, part-time pay, but for full-time hours, as we say. So, yeah. you know, so my second year, I made $12,000. Um, and it's funny, like when I talk to my wife about these numbers, and she's a coach, so she understands like, you know, the grind 
of your early years in coaching. And she goes, you were making that much your first couple of years. I would have gotten out of coaching way earlier than, um, than your first year. So we always have you no know, fun conversations about that. Right. But my third and fourth year, like coach boys, who I, I owe a ton to, um, he was able to find like an extra two to 3000. So my last two years at Buff state, um, I, I made $15,000, um, each, each season. So, um, I would say that the last year, um, which would have been 2016, that was when I'm like, all right, man, like I'm working on all these camps, you know, I'm, I'm doing everything I can do to get my name out there. You know, I've, I've interviewed for some, for some, um, full-time opportunities yeah. at some other schools and just nothing was working out. And I, and I'm, I'm a devoted Christian, you know, I would go to church, not to say like, if you go to church, like, you know, good things can happen to you, but I'm paying my tithes every Sunday. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm at church every week. Uh, like right. It's funny, like at Buff State, like they know, like, you know, because obviously we play on Saturdays and Sundays. Um, you know, we watch film with Coach Boys. Knew that, you know, I was never going to be in on Sunday, um, you know, Sundays because I was always going to be at church. Right. So just like I'm doing everything, you know, possibly everything that I can to, you know, get me get me an, uh, an opportunity to move up in the ranks. It just wasn't happening. And. That was probably just the toughest year for me. My last year at Buff State. I mean, we were fine. We we went five and five. Um, had some had some good players, and you know we had some good stats and all that stuff. But I was just getting tired because I'm like, all right, I'm young. I think I'm going about this the right way, but like I'm interviewing, but nothing is like I'm I'm getting through towards like the last interview, and I, I think I I'm doing well, but then you know you get that phone call like yeah like you did everything right, but. There's another guy that we went with. Yeah. He, he oh, felt like man. he had a little bit more interview. He had a little bit more experience. What we're looking for. So I'm like, that happened to me a couple of times, and I'm like, I can't keep you no know, making you no know, fifteen thousand know, dollars. Yeah, then it has you second guessing, you know. Yeah, yeah, I got I got student loans. Well, the student loans are already kicked in after you know second year. So I'm like, sure. and I got a little card note, you know. And my mom, she's a, so my mom's a probation officer too. So um, I don't want to give out too much too much you know personal information, but my mom has definitely prepared. Again, she's my hero. She just prepared me for just how to handle things as an as a grown man. Like after my third year um, living um, in the house, um, living uh, living at my mom's house, she now many people are gonna look at look at this a different way, but she actually made um, me pay rent. Now not full rent, but she made me give her um, you know a yeah. hundred bucks out of my pay out of my check just so I could understand like, hey man, like I love you, but like you know things in this world are free, so you're gonna have to understand how to budget your your your, your savings and. You know, right. how to go about doing things like that. So I'm like, man, I got to pay my mom you know, for rent. Like, I'm only making $15,000 a year. Like, I got to pay. I got student loans kicking in. I got a little car note. I got a cell phone bill to take care of. Like, man, how am I going to be able to do this? So yeah. that my, my last year Buff State, it was the hardest. And I'll never forget, it was like January. Um, and now it's so 2016 has already ended. I'm I'm technically getting ready to go into my, my fifth season at Buffalo, Buffalo State. So it's January of 2017. I had like a sit down with my mom and I'm like, mom, like, I'm just tired. Like, I don't like I'm paying tides. I'm going to church. Um, I'm reading my, my devotion. I'm reading my scriptures. Like, like, and I've, I've, grew, I've grown up in the church. I've seen crazy, not crazy things, but I've seen, you know, miracles happen. Like there's nothing that I, that, that I can't believe God for that. I believe that won't happen. Like I, I've seen everything and yeah. I'm like, mom, like, I don't think God is hearing my prayer. Like I kind of want to take a hiatus from church and from God and from Christianity. Like I don't think everything that I'm doing is right. And so she, you know, she she um she she actually wrote me a letter and with a couple of scriptures on it. And she just she said, "Just hang in there. You know, you're actually very close to your breakthrough. You know, right when you want to give up, that's when God's gonna uh, is gonna show up. 
Absolutely. Um, he may not come when you want him, but he's going to be there right on time. And don't you know, like, so I remember that conversation like it happened yesterday. It was in January 2017. We, I had this conversation with my mom. And then the next month, I got this random phone call from a Boston area code number. And I'll never forget it. I, I wasn't going to pick it up because it's, it's random. So I thought we yeah. were no collect. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I pick it up. I'm like, I don't know anybody in Boston, but I don't right. know. It, might have, it was probably the Holy Spirit telling me to pick this freaking phone up. <laughs> so I, I pick it up, and it's the head coach. Hey, this is Eli Gardner, uh, head football coach here at Stonehill College. Um, hey, you know, we've been keeping tabs on you for the last two to three years. Um, I may have an open. Well, I don't. I don't. I don't may. I do have an opening on my staff, full time wide receivers coach. Uh, uh, would you be oh, interested? Man. And I'm like. Wow, like I was just getting ready to throw in the towel and you yeah. know, oh, say got so this good. and got that and you no know, just so that was definitely that was probably a long winded answer, but that was probably definitely my heart my, my heart of just getting through the first the, the the tough years of you know of the coaching run because it's tough. I mean I've I I mean you guys know it too, like you guys and, and me, like there's tons of guys that just don't make it through the first two to three years because obviously we all watch, you know, the NBA or college football or college basketball or college football and you see all the you know, the coach is making these millions of dollars and, you know, they're, they're doing really good. And, and everybody just expects just to jump in and start making those six figures. But no one no, wants to do the, the early, yeah, no. you know, first year of volunteering, second year of <laughs> yeah. $1,000. So my, 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 my last year yeah. at Buffalo State, again, my, my experience at Buffalo State was awesome. I mean, they're a huge reason why I'm able to coach and be the coach I am right now. But just all just the little things, the, the money, the, you know, the financial situations, that, that was – I was ready to give up. I really was. Hoagie, that just reminds me of Romans 11, where it's just like how impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and his ways. And you sit back and you digest it and you're like, how resilient did I have to be? How much did I love to coach? You know, these were all these things that were just running through your mind. And through this whole time, you're wondering if this is the path that he wants you to be on. And then bam, that phone call happens. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, I was ready to give, I mean, so, I mean, I don't know, like, what the the, the audience uh, level, if, if it's a bunch of high school, you know, stu- uh, athletes or coaches, whatever cases, but, like, just in a nutshell, like, college, like, Division three, it is tough because you really only have, at the most, three full-time positions on your staff, not including the head coach. So everybody else is part-time or, or volunteer. Right. And those first, like, I mean, you guys know, but the, right. those first couple years, like. You're just you grinding. Gotta, I mean, yeah, you got to, like, if you don't love basketball, you don't love, if you don't love the sport that you're coaching, man. You will. Um, you're gonna find out really fast if you want to do this thing or not. And luckily for me, like the the passion I have for just obviously the sport, you know, was able to you know push me through because there was plenty. Of, and it probably helped that we were winning some football games too. Like if we were losing, you know, and I'm only making a thousand dollars, I mean, I, I probably had a different uh, a different solution uh, a little faster than uh, four years. But um, I, I it, it was tough, and um, you know that it's you know that 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 verse is you know is spot on, Coach Clone, spot on. I think, Hoagie, that, that adversity, though, obviously you could tell the passion just coming through your voice about what you do, you know, and that, that comes from that adversity, right? It just, you know, your prayers aren't answered on your timeline, they're answered on his. Yeah. And when that, yeah. you know, by putting in that resiliency and just staying with it, you obviously, I think the love grows a little bit deeper, you know, for what Absolutely. you're doing. Absolutely. So, I mean, I mean, and doubt. I have so much, and one of the biggest things, you know, when I interviewed for my job here at Cornell and wherever I'll interview, I, I more importantly, I'm going to know where I, I, not to say where I've come from, but 
the, 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 the process, the, the steps I, I had to take in order to get to where I am currently right now at Cornell. Like, so like, it, like literally every time I wake up and I go into the office, no, well, not now, but when I do go get, get the chance to go back into the office, like I am truly, you know, grateful for the opportunity to be um, at a school like Cornell. I mean, look, first, because I, first of all, I played division three um, and then obviously I went to a state college. Um, and then obviously I, I coached at Buffalo State, so nor, there's been a, a ton of steps that I've, I've had to take in order to impress somebody at a camp or impress someone through a handwritten yeah. note or through an interview. Like, there's been so many just different phases and different obstacles. I haven't gone through too many, like, challenging obstacles, but just the, the, the grit, the, the, the resilience, the, just to, uh, to keep it out, to stake it out. And, you know, I'm, I'm really, you know, grateful to be at a, be at a school like, uh, like Cornell. And, uh, right, you're just in the back of your mind wondering if all of this hard work is going to eventually pay off. Like, how yeah, how has yeah. this molded you? How has this shaped you to be the coach that you are today? Yeah, you know, Ab- absolutely. Like a lot of young coaches, and not even young, like uh, a couple of young um, the coaches that are coaching Division three that may, that are full time, and even the Division two level. You know, they've been reaching out to me for advice on how to move up. And literally, what you what you guys just said, you know, I'm trying to. You know, obviously, it's talking about this. You got to stick it out. Like I know it's it's tough because I mean, every coach says the same thing. You know, be where your feet are. You know, you know, yeah. do a good job where you're at. Yeah. You know, make sure you know you're you're interviewing for the uh, you know you're you're dressing for the job that you want. You know, yeah, yep. you know, mm-hmm. a, a yeah, lot yeah. of things that every coach in the world says, but it's like it's kind of hard to, to to carry out the practice every single day when you really aren't seeing any results. And you just got. I mean, I don't want to you know sound like you know you know a, a cheesy you know, car salesman, but you really do got to just trust, not so much trust the process, but you got to trust, you know, whatever your your end goal is. Like I had an end goal, like I, I've always wanted to be a Division One coach, and I've I made sure I've taken the right steps, whether it's working certain camps, you know, um, getting around certain guys, you know, at clinics and, and at conventions so that I can actually grow my circle. So, you know, just being able to stick it out, you know, and just knowing that you're going to have some tough, some you're going to have some tough times, but if you can just, you know, hold on, you know, just hold on through those tough times. It's it's gonna get better. That's been the some of the biggest messages I, I preached to some of the to, uh, to some young coaches. Yeah, it's so good. So obviously, we love your approach to this whole thing. So with that, let's. I'm just gonna kind of move the conversation on to your highlight. Then it seems to me like with your approach, you probably got numerous to pick from. You got anything you want to share? <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, I definitely have a boatload of highlights to, to share. Um, I'll probably just go to just the glaring glaring one that probably you know jumps off my resume when people look at it. Um, and that's definitely the, the three NFL uh, internships um, that I've been able to do. It obviously starts with one, but to be able to do, to have three um, on my resume and, and to be able to, um, you know, to have a, a legit circle of, of, of people in the NFL that, that know me, that will pick up a phone call, uh, that will shoot me back a text, that will actually reach out to me just to make sure I'm doing well. Um, that, that has definitely been the highlight. Um, that's awesome. obviously being able to work with, you know, the people that we all watch on Sunday afternoons and a lot of people that, um, you know, that the younger generation that they admire and, and you know, that um, are their role models, like just to be able to be in the room with these guys and watch their preparation, watch how they, you know, are out there perfecting their game. And out, and the best thing about me, well, about, not about me, the best thing about these internships is that they all happen in training camp. So I'm seeing the very best of the t- uh, that the uh, right. individual has to offer because obviously training camp it's literally a war like it right. is every man right. for fighting himself. for their like, job. I, yeah, and that, that's I mean I, I, obviously I, everyone probably wishes they can obviously you know sitting on a meeting be at a practice, but to be able to see up close how 
intense. Like every, I mean, you got raw coaches. Like every rep matters. Every right. event, every situation matters. And if you mess it up, that could be, you know, your chance. You know, unless you're, you know, you're the number one or number two. You're the superstar. Like you, obviously, you're gonna get some chances to mess up. But if you're like that bottom tier guy, you're that undrafted free agent. If you're that fifth, you know, if you're basically, you know, drafted, I would say fifth, um, fifth and lower um, in the NFL draft, you're not allowed to make the team. Um, so that's and there's a lot of other like business things that I've learned about the league and you know, how it truly works. But definitely um, being able to uh, to be in the league and <laughs> just to see how it actually works. It, it truly is a business. And, you know, you know, some things, you know, happen just because, you know, that's the way that the, the head coach or the, the scouting department or the, the, the owner you know, says things happen. So, um, that, yeah, so- that, definitely the NFL. So, Hoagie, I'm going to put you on the spot, and I don't necessarily want to, like, ruin any future coaching chances in the league, but so who's your team? Who's your NFL team? Like, if your boyhood favorite team growing up, who's the team? Okay. Because um, Coach Klump and I know who it should be, considering well, okay. we, where you grew up. But I'm who, smiling who here because I know what he's going to say. Well, yeah, I mean, well, I'm going to give you two answers now. So, okay. uh, well, the, the no-brainer one, uh, Coach Klump, I, she definitely know this. It's definitely the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, I yeah, up, yeah. I, was, I knew that was I, coming. I, I'm, I'm, a Michael Vick, I'm a Michael Vick guy. I mean, I got the, you. Okay. Number one reason why I, I got in football, 100. Like, nice. At the at the time, and I'll be with you guys. There wasn't um any like, or at least any good. I don't think at the time, like besides Dante Culpepper, you know, any that I remember, uh, good black quarterbacks that were like right. Good, like, so I remember the ver- very first game I watched, and I'm like, man, who was that? And obviously, he was playing the game. So much different than your typical quarterback, and obviously you look in today's game, everyone's you know basically Michael Vick, um, right? Yeah. So I mean, and then obviously Atlanta, like Atlanta, you know, black and red. So obviously my favorite colors are black and red. So I'm like, oh, yeah. the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, they, they they were just like the cool, sexy pick at the time. So right. Um, and then lately, I mean, obviously my wife is a Bills fan, so obviously you know we're okay. And I, so definitely, um. I'm a Bills fan, but I would definitely say. Um, so, Hoagie, are you saying we should have gave you a shot at quarterback? Uh, well, we tried that. I couldn't know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Hey, I just my, wanted my, to get it out there. My arm has definitely gotten better. It's de- well, definitely throwing to uh, no NFL guys and to my D one receivers. I got to have a decent arm, so it's definitely gotten better. But it's not good enough to actually put in the game. No, I, I'm. I know when I need to call. The <laughs> uh, but another team that I'm, I'm kind of. Uh, I'm definitely in on, well, I'm not going to say in on, but I'm definitely uh, high on is, um, you know, they just got DeAndre Hopkins, and that's the Arizona Cardinals. Um, okay. They're definitely a team. Nice. I, I think, I, I love Kyler Murray. That, I mean, the way that ball, the, the way the ball comes off his hand is just, it's next level. And again, yeah. I, being able to actually be in the league and see how it truly NFL quarterbacks throw the football and how it's supposed to come off, the, come off their hand and the revolutions and the ball placement and the revolutions and this. Yeah. You now, luckily at being at, um, even being at Cornell in the off season, I mean, you guys do it too. Um, you know, who, who are you, um, you know, uh, self-scouting or, you know, who, who are you self, uh, uh, not self-scouting, but who do you, who are you studying in the off season? So obviously here at Cornell, we get a, a lot of film from the different conferences, you know. So right. you know, I know we had a guy on staff who was able to snake uh, some uh, Oklahoma film uh, a couple of years oh, wow. ago, nice. and we were able to watch, you know, some Kyler Murray. Uh, well, watch Oklahoma's offense, and I'm like, man, this guy can really just grip it and rip it. So yeah, uh, I'm, there's a lot of guys that I uh, like that I'm really drawn to, and just count, the way the ball comes off his hand is really next level. Then you know, you got Larry Fitz out there, and um, 
and then obviously DeAndre Hopkins. But obviously, Atlanta Falcons are that's a childhood team. Yeah. And obviously, the bill the Bills are obviously just to make sure the, the wife is you no know, you know smiling. Oh yeah, not sleeping outside. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smart man. Now. So I got it. So I got to ask because the listeners probably won't know this, but the three of us know this. So back in your days at Newfane High School, you played against a kid that now plays for the Browns. Oh, trust J- me. JC Trey. Yeah, you know who he is. And you now work at the program where he played his college ball. Have you ever come into contact with JC since high school, or is that ever a thing that's happened? Uh, so just um, just over Twitter, um, obviously with him being the, uh, the newly appointed uh, NFL uh, you know, president, um, and then obviously you know when we're in meetings, you know his name comes up a lot. Um, obviously, um, he, I, he was a great player here. You know he came in as a tight end. Um, he didn't want to move to offensive line, and there's tons of stories about how he was. Uh, he wasn't hard headed, but he. I mean. You know, nobody wants to go be an offensive lineman, but the old line coach, I think Coach Archer at the time, told him, hey, man, you might have a shot to go play in the league if, you, yeah. if you're you athletic enough. I mean, you're athletic enough to be a tackle, but you're not athletic enough to play tight end at the division level. Right. So, and I, hopefully I'm saying that right, JC. I don't want you, you know, oh, JC, I don't want you, you know, coming back and freaking, you know, you know knocking me right now. But <laughs> I, I, that's kind of the story that's been told. And obviously he moved over to the offensive line. And then obviously, you know, he's been in the league for like six or seven years. He just had a contract extension last year with the Browns. So, yeah. Um, and obviously, anytime his name comes up, and I, I love, you know, just talking about, yeah, man, like, I played against him in high school and basketball. Yeah. That big, that big mofo got every freaking call. <laughs> he would just blow on him. And he got every call. Like, Joe, I was talking, like, Joe Robson was our center. Like, he was probably maybe 20, 20 pounds. Uh, 20? Me. Yeah, I know, we were probably the same size. But yeah. Like, he, just, like, he would get every call. And, and it's funny, like, the, the guys on set were like, we didn't know Jay, uh, no, we didn't know Trent played, uh, played basketball. But it's oh, funny, yeah. like they talk they talk about um when he came here, I guess he, he reached out to the to the basketball staff before the football staff. Um yeah. Yeah, I guess he wanted to play college basketball first and then the, yeah. the basketball coach at the time um like got, g- gave his information over to the football staff and they're like, Yeah, this kid can't play for us um on the basketball team, but you guys may want to take a look at him. So Yeah. Um, but yeah, anytime you know Trevor comes up, you know, I'm always you know, obviously I got a rep section six, you know, in yeah, for sure. <laughs> Niagara Orleans County. So Yeah, I know. Making that plug. <laughs> big big things out of our Niagara Orleans League, baby. I love it. I love it. Absolutely. So yeah. good. So good. So, Coach, where do you want to go? Coach Clump, where else do you want to go okay, with Coach so, Hogan? I love it so much. Like, we've already been going for yeah. a while. So, All right. So, um, us both, both as high school teachers, you see kids that sit in our seats, and they have no idea how talented – professional athletes are right you'll hear him talk oh this guy's trash or this guy's trash and you're like do you know that the guy that's sitting at the end of that nba bench can probably make 85 out of 100 uncontested threes so hoagie like give us a story of like when you were working with the pro teams something that just wowed you that said "I, i i would have never under i could never understand how athletic and how amazing these guys are yeah okay um well i mean i guess i mean because to be honest with you like every nfl team is the same um as far as just their their practice schedules no it's it's literally a 6 a.m deal until well for the players it's basically 6 a.m until i would say um you know maybe 5 p.m um for coaches it's like 6 a.m until you know freaking yeah uh, like 9 p.m um but from just a a player perspective just when when so i'll just use the buffalo bills um when i was with the bills like they had um so that was in 2016 um 
they had so it was Tyrod Taylor. Uh, it was Rex Ryan's last year. So I'm just trying to think of the offensive skill. It was LaShawn McCoy, um, receivers wise. It was Sammy Watkins, uh, Robert Woods, Marquise Goodwin. Um, those were those were the the, the the main three guys, and they had a boatload of other receivers that were just trying to uh, make the make the roster. Leonard Hankerson, Greg Salas, uh, a couple of other guys. Um, the biggest thing that when we when you get into the room, like a lot of people just think these guys are freaking idiots, you know, dumb jocks, um, you know, oh, uh, football player, basketball player, you know, you know, just you just you know playing a sport. A lot of people don't realize how much, um, how smart or not so much, how intelligent um, these guys have to be in order to play at this level. And I'm pretty sure it's the same thing in the NBA, like the playbooks. I wish you know we were doing a Zoom because I would actually show you. Um, no, a playbook um, of an NFL. It is massive, and the game plans are literally like almost 300 to 400 plays long. Like I remember, our, our installs are roughly. We're installing literally like. I want like I'm not even joking with you guys. Like roughly like 55 to 60 plays, like minimal. Oh, like and, uh, like every wow. night. Like every like I'm I'm not even kidding. Like every night for basically like a whole week. Um, it, it, it's, it's next level, like, and how much these guys have to be able to retain information. And keep in mind, obviously with the CBA, we're like in college, we can kind of meet with our guys for a long time, but in the NFL, like you're only allowed to meet these guys for maybe a half an hour, 45 minutes. So most of the, of the, the time that these guys have to learn these plays is usually on their own. So we have yeah. our film session. So let's say if, if it's a 45 minute film session, which is usually the, the bulk of, uh, which is uh, a typical, um, meeting in, in any position room, like. 20 minutes you're you're going over you know the, the place and it's literally like you're spending like a second on the page of the place like okay here's where you guys got to look at it all right next play all right look at the split look at this route all right look at the coverage that we're going to adjust it against all right it is very it is rapid pace it's not like all right johnny what question do you have about this route on this coverage on this it is literally we're going through 20 pages of uh, well like six pages of plays in a span of I, like maybe a minute. Wow! So just the 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 the, um, the 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 amount of knowledge that these guys have to be able to hold in their mind um, is mind blowing. And I'm, I'm telling you, like we do not go over most of the plays, at least in training camp. Like I've never been with, been with a team in regular season, but a lot of this, a lot of the the the, the, the onus is on the player. Like when you leave this meeting, like you're not going you no know, to the dining. Well, you're going to dining hall, getting your snack. But you're not leaving campus or you're not going downtown to go party or whatever. Like you are literally in your dorm room, you're in your hotel room. You gotta Studying, study to play because networking. Yeah, you, you you can't like and the thing is like there are no redos. So you know, like you know, in college or basketball, like at the lower levels, like, oh, we, we messed up on that play, you know, on uh, it's let's say it's Tuesday, all right? We messed up on that play today. It's not like okay, let's run it again on Wednesday and Thursday. It's like, no, we gotta run it we gotta we got like 400 new plays we got to put in for it tomorrow. Right. We don't have time to go back and, you know, rerun this play. Now, we may go right. through it in the walkthrough, but once you get out there for uh, at legit practice, it's a totally new uh, script, totally new play. So just the, the sheer um, knowledge. And then, you know, the coaches, I mean, the, the, co- the way the coaches brain, these coaches brain uh, function are like, I mean, they're, they're just, just the, the, the attention to detail, the ability to uh, – see uh problems coming before they even you know you know surface it's just next level yeah. so that's just just the mental aspect before i even before I, if you guys want to ask me questions about the physical you know the you know the strength and you know the agility and the speed but just a lot this so many players at the college level can't even make it into a training camp 
you know, just on the mental capacity because the yeah. brains are just, you know, are just are going to be overloaded. Right. That I mean, for even for me as a coach, it's a ton of just. And, and thanks yeah. for sharing that too, because I, I completely agree with you. You're blowing my mind with this conversation, and and that's something that a lot of young oh. athletes have no idea about. And it's it's amazing to me too, because while obviously Coach Klump has coached you in football, I've coached a little at Akron High School as well, mm-hmm. and and basketball. And you know we get our playbooks, and they're they're substantial. You know, high school football. If you're running a really good high school football program, there's some there's different formations, and you got plays to learn. But we're not talking. We're talking maybe. 30 right at oh a lower God. level high school at a high at a lower level high school 30 total and you're doing double that in one day that to me is just absolutely mind-blowing i'm telling you it's yeah i'm t- like I, I luckily when i do these interns well at least my second and third one like i was used to kind of like what i need to make sure i i can at least kind of hold in my brain but just i mean it is easily 20 like 30 to 50 new plays going in each and every day like it, it that's that's yeah. it, it's a ton um, yeah, that, that's that, that's kind of like my biggest takeaway, um, you know, from a, you know, a, a high school kid who thinks he can just know, oh, I can catch football, I can run around, like I can, like trust me. It's, yeah. And then and last thing I'll say about that, the thing that um, a lot of uh, college guys, and I'm talking about guys who are coming from LSU, Alabama, like Oklahoma, I'm, like I've been around like guys that are coming from those top programs, and they get into the league, and they can't even like get lined up, right. and. The biggest thing is, and a lot of NFL coaches, you know, they we talk about this in in the meetings. Um, the way that college football is going, you know, a lot of a lot of players actually aren't used to actually um, learning the whole play or even right. listening to a, a whole uh, play in the huddle because obviously, you know, everybody wants to be fast and up tempo and RPO, so everything is freaking get lined up, look to look Let's to go. your signaler. Let's go, right? All right, yeah, and rapid pace. So no one is actually used to actually hearing the whole play. So like when you actually get to the NFL, you gotta actually you're gonna hear like a literally literally a almost a fifth like sometimes it's like twelve to fifteen yeah, full paragraph. Yeah, right. it, it, oh my gosh. So yeah, you like, know. It's so good, and I, I don't mean to cut you off, but and I don't want to speak out of turn from JC either, but he's he's told me some stories about just playing, like, offensive line, how when he was oh, with God. the Packers, like, he's getting up to the line, you know, and what's the play clock in the NFL? Like, 30 seconds, give or take, like, 40 mm-hmm. seconds. And he's got to get, as the center, he would say, like, I got to get guys lined up. I got to read the mic. I got to shift coverage. I got to yep. read linebackers, blitzes. And then he's got to snap the ball to Aaron Rodgers and not turn it over all within like 30 seconds, you know, and on our football fields, you can't even get the kids lined up in 40 seconds, yeah. much less process all that information. It's unbelievable, man. That's such great oh, knowledge. No. Yeah. I like this. It's always just fascinating. Like, and that that's one of the reasons why in, in training camp, they go really fast because they want to see like, all right, like who just is, uh, is, you know, who can handle it? Just, you know, who's just football savvy, who's smart, you know, who can understand situational football. Like if you can't understand, you know, these simple plays and trust me, like the first few days, I mean, they're putting in like a hundred, like literally a hundred plays. Um, and they are simple. They're not like really game, game plan, um, uh, team specific. They're just, your, you know, your, your basic normal down plays. And if you can't, you know, you know, be on the field to run these plays, you're not going to be able to last. So they try to overload the guys you know, early and often to see who's going to be able to, you know, who's going to be able to float and who's going to sink. Yeah. So I'm going to try and transition here a little bit. So you were talking about earlier the fact that, you know, recruiting and sending text messages now combined with what you were just talking about, like what is your conversations like when you recruit? 
you know, because part of our thing beyond the ball is talking about building those relationships with athletes and Mm -hmm. how you make connections to get guys to come. So like, what's your overall approach, uh, you know, to the best of your ability, I know we're kind of, you know, catching you a little off guard here, but like your basic approach to recruiting, what are you looking for when you're trying to get kids to Cornell? Oh yeah, you, you're well. You're definitely not catching me um, off guard, I man. You gotta, as we say, you gotta always stay strapped, ready to recruit. So I mean, right. This is this is a good question. Um, well, I mean, if we're looking at you know just you know academics and you know athletic ability, I mean, first of all, there's a, definitely a certain um, you know GPA um, and obviously academic information that we're looking for. So that always helps me out. Just like when I go, you know, when I'm looking at a kid's transcript, or if I'm looking at or if I'm looking at them on Twitter, you know, like all right, does a kid have this a certain GPA? Does he have a certain test score? What does the transcript look like? You know, is it is it all fluff or is there some good substance in there? Right. Uh, when actually, when I when I when I DM the guy or when I text the guy or when I phone, well, I will usually DM the guy first. If, you know, if the conversation is going good and he seems to have a good test score and transcript, then it will go to a text message, and then after text okay. message, then we'll go into a phone call. Phone call is that's when we're getting serious. Like I'm not because obviously you know not to toot our home, but obviously Cornell is an Ivy League. You know, we're looking. You know, we recruit the whole country, so. Usually when, you know, you know, when kids find out they're being recruited by an Ivy League school, it's obviously, you know, it's probably going to be a pretty big Yeah, they're deal. tooting so, their own horn uh, there. I try not to, you know, yeah, I try not to uh, get their, you know, their hopes and their family's hopes up, you know, really, you know, right off the bat. So um, DM first, text message, and then phone calls. And obviously, you know, throughout the text messaging, that's when I usually try to, you know, establish that relationship. You no, know, the, the DM is kind of generic, like, hey, I liked your film. I think you know. It seems like you're you're doing some good things for the position that we're looking at you uh, looking at you at. You know, I, I like where our program is going. You know, um, I'll be in touch, and then I'll usually gauge it off of like his response time. Now he doesn't have to respond like within the next you know, hour, but you know, hopefully within a day or so, you know, I can gauge his interest in us. And then obviously, as our our messages continue on through DM, the text messaging because obviously you don't. I don't want to give my personal cell phone number out, even though I do it all the time to anybody. Um, that's obviously the next level of like kind of like trust and and also you know letting the kid know like hey like this is starting to get a little serious so um, but I guess my, like if I'm talking to a receiver um, the biggest thing that I'll, I'll tell a kid is that hey man like I'm looking for playmakers um, I'm looking for football players like I don't want you to be a receiver like we don't I don't want receivers in my room I want football players first and receivers second I don't want one trick ponies um, obviously we're looking for guys that um, that are problem solvers you know whether you're at um, you know, I, I want problem solvers. Um, right. You no, know, I don't want guys that are kind of, that are going to come in here, you know, and create problems. So, uh, coach, that's, that's, um, say say you get into that uh, text message and phone call situation with a young man, and you're really, really excited to to start this recruitment with him, and really excited yeah. about about getting this young man in there, and you go to watch him play. Now, coach mm-hmm. and I have, have sat and watched so many games where. A young man is so talented, and then it'll do a couple things that'll kind of shake your head. And yep, what are some things that a young man could do that would would almost make you start shaking your head and stop stop the recruitment of that young man just oh, by watching um, him play? Oh, by just um, hmm, I, yeah. Well, I guess it would definitely be his. Well, let's let's say this. I'm, I'm if I'm coming to see you. It's basically, I'm well. At least in football wise, I'm guessing we've done all of our homework on you. Your film looks good. We just want to make sure, like you're not a you're not you're not crap or all right. You're not, you're not you don't have any bad character. So yeah, I guess when I when I come when I come and see you, 
I want to make sure that everything, you know, is checking. You're checking off the boxes from a physical standpoint. So your receiver, you're getting off the line of scrimmage, right, catching footballs, making plays, which hopefully, I, well, not hopefully, I've already seen it on film. I just want to confirm it. But I guess something that I'll be looking at um, is just obviously how, how you're carrying yourself, you know, when the ball's not coming to you. All right, so just obviously right. mannerisms. Um, obviously, I would hope that you're a team captain or you're, or you're a leader on your team. So how are you leading uh, when the eyes are not on you? You know, maybe it's pre or it's pregame, it's postgame, it's halftime. You know, you know, are, are you somebody that's exuding a lot of energy? Obviously, I want again, we want problem solvers. You no, know? we want people that are going to be that are a lot of fun to be around. Um, so that's just you know how you how you're carrying yourself when the ball's not in your hands. Um, it's definitely uh, I'm not gonna say it's a way to get you de-recruited, but that's definitely like, well, I don't know. Like if the ball's not coming his way, like he's at, sitting at the end of the bench. Uh, he doesn't look right. engaged. He's talking back to the coach. Like he's yep. making all these suggestions. Like so, body that, language. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Body language is big. No. Uh, we call. Uh, I think it's a BBL. Bad body language. That's that's definitely want to have that. Ah, uh-huh, I'm yeah. stealing that, coach. Yeah, BBL. BBL Writing it down yeah. right now. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Oh, that's so good. Hey, so coach, we're coming up like we've been chatting. I love this conversation. Um, and one thing with beyond the ball that we, we try to stress, obviously, and you touched on it a ton is, you know, just how your faith has influenced your journey, but also how you find balance, like with your family and with a wife and a baby on the way. And you mentioned she was a coach too. What's that, what's that uh, process look like? in your house. Cause you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a father of four. I have a wife mm-hmm. as well. And you know, I would not be able to do what I do without my partner in crime. She lets me do, you know, I wouldn't say lets me do, but she gives me the opportunity to really follow my passion. So what's that? I, I'm always intrigued by coaches that come on and what their personal life looks like. Cause I'm always trying to find balance in my house and you, you, you bring up an interesting one. Cause both of you are coaches. What, what's that look like in your household? Yeah. Um, oh, gosh, I wish I, I should know the scripture by heart, but, um, then the Bible says, uh, uh, give me strength, Lord. Um, a man was a man that finds a good wife uh, receives favor from the Lord. I know I, I definitely botched that verse. My, my apologies. We're good. He will be okay <laughs> with paraphrasing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but one of the things, you know, um, I mean, my wife, we're coming up on our actually our first year, our one year anniversary, July seventh. Yeah, congrats. Um, we, thank you. We've been talking. Congrats. I mean, we've been we've been dating since um, what since two thousand and fifteen. Um, so one of the biggest, I'm not going to say biggest, you know, things that I want to check off for me was I wanted to really find, um, a wife or find a girlfriend first that, um, understood my workload because I knew that my passion is obviously coaching. And as I continue to climb the ladder, those hours are going to definitely, um, continue to go up and I need to be around someone, um, that truly is going to understand that, um, and will be supportive. Um, and then obviously my wife being, being a coach, I mean, she, she's coached division two, she's coached division one. Now she's coaching Division Three at Ithaca, so she's very um, like if I, if we're having a conversation, if we're at, at dinner, or if I'm just you know if we're lounging around somewhere, and I get a phone call, like and I just hop up or just stop talking to her, she's gonna understand like okay, like it's a recruit, like you gotta take the phone call, or if I'm right. texting, you know, if or if we're having a conversation and a text message pops up, she know she understands I have to take it. So yeah. um, her just understanding, you know, me and then obviously the profession, like takes a, a boatload off of my plate. Obviously, you know, and obviously there's tons of coaches that are married to, you know, uh, women um, that are obviously not coaches. But for me, that, that was a big, I'm not going to say selling, but that was big for me uh, to find because, um, I mean, one of the 
things I like to hold my hat on is that, you know, I like to, you know, work hard. You know, I'm not going to, I mean, I, I guess I am a grinder, but I like working long hours. And, you know, there's certain times in the day where I want to be in the office and I want to, I want to be there. So, um, I guess, you know, right. my wife, she's, she's very, um, she's very understanding. So like basically in the fall, um, you know, she, you know, she's very supportive of me. Like she cooks the meals. Um, you know, she, she makes meals, um, on Monday, which basically turn, which would be dinner for her, but turns into lunch for me. Um, but basically right. in, in the spring we flop. So I'm in charge of all the dinners. So, I mean, I'm not in the yeah. office, no Sunday through Sunday, you know, 6am to 6am. So, I mean, there's plenty of days where I'm coming home and eating dinner, but she cooks. So she, she's kind of taking yeah. care of everything. And then in the spring, I'm I'm like I'm in charge of everything, so I'm doing the grocery shopping. I'm paying the bills. Um, I'm because her season's in the spring, right, Coach? Yeah, exactly. So her season's in spring, so that's one area where it's been great. Like we have great balance. We totally get each other's schedules. It's been awesome. Um, so that's that's one area where you know we've had great teamwork. Uh, absolutely. It's- yeah, I mean it's unbelievable. My wife, we have four kids, and they dance, and they're in, in sports. So during the winter season, right, I'm in the gym, and she's basically an Uber driver. And then once the season ends, we kind of do the role reversal. She still drives, but I pick up the slack in the other areas. That's great that you guys are having that conversation at such a young yes. age. That's that's so great. Absolutely, that's so great. Yeah, well, Coach, probably. it has been an absolute pleasure. Um, reuniting and and you know we always keep tabs on you and seeing you what you're doing and and keep doing what you're doing um i remember back in the day sitting down in my office and you were telling me about your aspirations i still have the picture of you you the signed picture (laughs) of you on my wall so keep doing what you're doing buddy and uh thanks for coming on the show yeah, Hoagie, we appreciate it, man. Even as an opposing coach at Lockport Basketball Camp, man, you could just see your 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 energy, <laughs> your your passion. You could just see it. I'm so I'm I'm not your coach from high school. Um, I was maybe your camp coach, so maybe I'll take credit yeah. for that. But, dude, I'm just so proud of you too, and appreciate you coming on. Thank you. No, um, I appreciate you guys. You know, thinking of me first of all. Um, obviously, it's always a uh, you know, I'm always, you know, grateful to um, to get back, you know, to, to I mean, I, I do talks and, you know, I used to work for cross-training football, so I'm used to, you know, giving, I don't want to call it motivational talk, but just, you know, speaking to the youth and things like that. But anytime I could shed some shed some light on just, you know, my upbringing and, you know, how I've, you know, gotten to where I am, um, you know, I'm easy to get a hold of, you know, if anybody that's listening um, that has questions about anything, uh, whether it's, you know, just collegiate athletics, you know, coaching, you know, NFL, whatever the case is, like, you know, to shoot me an email, and I, I'm I'm really big on response time. Uh, excuse me, response time as well. So I, I, I appreciate you guys really good. I really do. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, this whole thing beyond the ball is just all about you know finding a way to use your faith and your passion for the game of sports to to better your life. And when Coach Colt brought your name up in our our pre-recording sessions, I think it was a no-brainer for both yeah, of man. us, wasn't it, Coach? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no brainer. So we just like to celebrate young coaches and old coaches that just get after it and inspire other people. So again, we appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, well, uh, hopefully, you know, maybe in a few years, you no, know, um, I mean, let, I could be, I could be at a different school, but you know, you know, maybe in a few years we can uh, maybe do a two point one of these things. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. When you're coaching for the Atlanta Falcons, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, my last thing, like my mom always asks me because she doesn't know anything about sports. She goes, "What team do you want to coach for?" I'm like, mom, there's 32 teams, so I don't care which one of them picks me. So yeah. I, I, I can care less. That's a great I, I just answer. want to get in. I just want to get in, man. 
Right. Absolutely. All right, coach. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. So is coach Klump and we'll uh, talk to you soon. All right. Thank you guys so much. You got it. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening to the Beyond the Ball podcast with Coach Eric Klump and Coach Justin Gersten. 